Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You! After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in, to fully uncover who I am. Each week I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life. You are. What I want is to help you believe that. So get ready to reframe your thoughts, reimagine your future, and reclaim your power. Are you ready? I am. As we start today's podcast, I want to invite everyone that is listening right now to consider that we all have different experiences than each other. Based off of where we live, how we grew up, what we look like, the color of our skin, The experiences that each of us have is completely unique to us. And as we allow for others to have a different experience than we do, we're able to honor their lives and join together in creating lasting and sustainable change. So today I have two of my friends, Alexis and Shantae from Let's Talk Sis, joining in on this really important conversation, and I'm so excited to have them. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know them. They're mothers, wives, activists, public and motivational speakers, and are the creators of Let's Talk Sis, where they have created a platform to bring awareness to difficult topics specifically race, diversity, and inclusion, and to promote a dialogue and initiate positive change. They are committed to making change through connection and humanity, one conversation at a time. Alexis and Shantae, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Ashley. We're so excited. Um, you guys don't, well, you guys know this, you guys listening don't know this, but we actually knew each other in college and we were talking a couple weeks ago, laughing about just how far we've come in our lives and how different our lives are now than when we knew each other, uh, when we were what, 18, 19, 20 years old. Yes. (laughs) We were so innocent and so happy. (laughs) We're still happy just in different ways. Yes. Much more experience now and we have so much more perspective, right? Yeah. And that's something that I love about you guys is the perspective that you share has just impacted my life so much. And so I'm so excited for everyone else today to be able to hear from you too. Um, Today, our topic is I am building a more inclusive world, how to address race, diversity, and inclusion in our homes and community. And so I guess what I want to start with is asking you, why is this topic so important to you? So it's something that we were actually talking a little bit before um, we got on this was when did it really hit hard for us? that this was important conversation that we needed to be having outside of just the two of us. 
And I think growing up, just to give you guys a little bit of a um, just kind of peek into our background, we grew up in a very white community, very religious community, and we are biracial. Our dad is black and our mom is white, but our dad actually passed away when I was young and my mom was actually pregnant with Shantae. And so we grew up with mostly my mom's family and we were the two little black girls and we were definitely loved <laughs> and we had a wonderful childhood, but we kept having these experiences that our friends weren't necessarily having. And I think in the beginning, I don't know, like you just kind of think like, oh, maybe that was just some weird thing that happened. I'm sure they didn't mean anything by it. But then over time, I think you just start thinking like, oh my goodness, is my skin color a problem for some people? And I feel like we recognize the importance of those conversations when we were younger because we didn't feel like we could have them. We didn't feel mm -hmm. like we were able to express ourselves or even advocate for ourselves in some situations as kids trying to navigate that. But I think it wasn't until we became parents ourselves and we started talking about some of the experiences that my children were having in school that that just really fueled this fire of passion that just was like, nope, we have to talk about this. This is important. We have to have these conversations and we have to be able to teach our own children and go into our schools and our community because this is vitally important for so many people. And it is something that can connect us all and bring us together, which I think right now is something we all really want. I... I actually want to read this from, it was your post from a few days ago on your Let's Talk Cyst Instagram, and it goes right along with what you just said, and I think that this is so important, but uh, one of the things you guys said was, yesterday we were reading DMs and news articles about the increased tension and division in our country, about kids being bullied for being black or for being a child of a police officer. My kids have been told that white people want to kill them, and we've heard that white kids are afraid to be friends with black kids in fear that if they do or say something wrong, they'll get their house burned down. As hard as this is to swallow, this is truly what our kids are seeing and absorbing right now. We feel so overwhelmed and sorrowful, sorrowful that our children could be growing up with such visible examples of biased thinking and prejudices where we label and judge groups and don't see individuals and humanity. I read that and I was like, that's, that's it right there. That's why this conversation of how do we address racism and diversity in our homes and in our community is so important because our kids, I mean, you guys know this better than anyone, but our kids grow up believing what they hear and what they're being taught um, and so when you say when you were little, you started wondering, well, is my skin color bad? Like, is it bad to, to be black? That's, that's an experience that white people, that white children are not having and being able to help teach them that that is someone else's experience and also what race and diversity means at a young age 
is so empowering for our kids to learn. And so what would you guys say is the first step in starting that conversation in our homes? I think the first step, I hope this doesn't sound cliche, is starting with ourselves. And when we start oh, so to... Good. When we start to be introspective and really listen to ourselves and how we speak about other groups of people and acknowledging our own prejudice and biases, I think it's kind of an eye-opener for anyone. And we can't expect to be that example in our homes and be teaching our children and our family members if we haven't gone through that process first. It's such an important process. And it's really truthfully, very uncomfortable at times. I think both Alexis and I have discussed some of our own biases and tried to navigate, why do we feel this way? Or why does this trigger me? Or why do I believe this? And really get to the root of those things before we can start sharing with other people. On Let's Talk Sis, we did a video. <laughs> Shanti, what was it called? They, them, and those? Yes, yeah. Yes, and we were just talking. It's actually something that a sociology professor shared with me in a class that really, really made me more aware of how I spoke about other groups of people. So, for example, if you say those Black people mm. or those Mexicans or those gay people, and you lump everyone together by saying they, them, or those, you're actually separating yourself from that group. It doesn't always mean that you're meaning something negative by it, but it's just good to recognize and say, why am I making this division? Is there superiority and inferiority in this? Do I feel like I'm above, or I'm more educated, or I know more? or my beliefs are more valid than another group of people. And I feel like that's just something that, like as we talk about these things on Let's Talk Sis, Shantae and I are trying to do it in our own life. And right now, oh, right now we are seeing more division and separation and groups, you know, coming together with beliefs. And it just, it's so difficult. And I feel like it's kind of like what we said in our post the other day is no matter what we're trying to teach our kids, our kids are still picking up information from a lot of different places. And even the research shows that when you are teaching about race to children, oftentimes what you don't say is more impactful than what you do say. So if your kids recognize and understand, like mom and dad don't like talking about this, it makes them a little uncomfortable, or they get really weird when I ask questions about, you know, black people or black lives matter or you know hispanic people or things like that and they get weird and they try to shut down the conversation then to the child it's like well, wait why don't they want to talk about it is it bad should i not talk about it can we not say these things and so i think both shanti and i we just really try to share with people that these conversations are important and the more that we can be okay with it and flow with it and let our kids ask questions even some of those questions may surprise us or even startle us. It's so much better that we're talking about it at home <laughs> than it coming up somewhere else. And we haven't processed, you know, through it with our kids. Right. And just to add to that, I think it's really important that we make these normal and natural conversations, not that awkward, let's sit down and talk about this point and this point, because yeah. 
our kids are taking so much in. And one thing they will take in is if we make other races or, you know, different groups of people seem abnormal. Like we have to talk about it because they're different. And then kids interpret abnormal as wrong. So then they're going to interpret that as, oh, well, I'm right. How I am is right and how they are is wrong. As opposed to making diversity the most natural part of life and making these conversations uplifting and really normal that kids can ask any questions and they see they see things in their home that are diverse and the music we listen to and the food we bring in and the pictures on our wall and they just see that diversity as a normal part of life. One thing that Shantae and I talk a lot about is like the books that we read. And I read a quote once that said something like if, if every book, Oh, and it kind of makes me emotional talking about it, that you read growing up had a black hero or heroine in would that affect our thinking. It would have changed my life. Yeah. I started thinking about the books I read in school and I'm like, I never read or saw a story about someone that looked like me. And even as simple as this sounds, like Shantae and I have also talked about, like even in pretend imaginary play as children, we were told, oh, you can't be that character because you're black. Or you can't aspire for this because I've never seen anyone black do that. And I don't think kids were being mean. It just showed what their world looked like. And that was the truth that they thought based on what they had seen. So that's why it's so important that we are diversifying the things that we are teaching them, exposing our kids to, to kind of normalize it, like what Shante said, because we want, we want every child, every race, every background to feel like they can aspire to something and they're not put in a box based on the stereotypes that they've seen. From me growing up as a blonde, white, little girl, Almost every doll looked like me. Every Barbie looked like me. The, my Band-Aids matched my skin color. The princesses that I loved on my Disney movies looked like me. And I saw myself in, in everything that I was consuming. And so that's just how, that's just how I perceived things were. And as I got older and realizing the scarcity in how everyone else is represented made me really step back. You know, Shantae, you said we first address things by first addressing ourselves and where we're at and how we feel. And some questions that I had to start asking myself were things like, how has my whiteness contributed to my life? Like, how has my whiteness helped me be in this place in my life where I'm at? How has it shaped my thinking? How has it shaped my view of myself? And I think sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, it's really hard to ask yourself those questions um, because you realize, I, I will speak for myself, I realized the amount of privilege that I have as a white woman who sees herself everywhere in the world around me. And something that I love so much about the message that you two share is 
remembering the humanity and everyone and how and really it's that humanity that connects us all and so as you guys are just seeing the polarizing beliefs and devastation that's happening right now and there's this the turmoil and the grief and just all the emotions that you're going through how do you remember to see the humanity in everyone it's not easy i'll say that for sure but i think one thing both alexis and i are learning is that we have to step out of our own experience because our experiences are going to determine our perspective and if we want to have a broad all-encompassing empathetic perspective we can't just live within ourselves so it's really about taking a step back and saying i wonder what it would be like to be in this person's shoes and that part of that is acknowledging our own experience and saying my experience is different and i can't apply what i've learned and the knowledge i've learned and the morals i've learned and all of these things to someone else's story because it just may not work it may not fit but you know ultimately having the ability to really seek that empathy and just to go there well and i think that we've experienced some big shifts in our own perspective and i think that i have to remind myself too it's like Like right now, it's just a really intense climate, but I truly believe that people do have a heart and do want connection. And even sometimes when I'm seeing things on social media where people are just spouting out just these horrible, awful things, I have to take a step back and say, I think they're feeling really intensely because they Mm -hmm. believe what they believe so strongly. And so I try to think of how I believe my beliefs so strongly and try to give some understanding in that situation. But it's, it's really, really difficult. But I just feel like, I don't know, like we have to do it. We have to do it. And we are all people. And even when people may say they believe something, I still have to believe that there's a heart and that there's a person, you know, in there, even yeah. if it's contrary to my beliefs. And I think that baseline of that empathy of I haven't been what you're what you've been through or I'm not experiencing what you're experiencing but I'm grieving with you because I love you and I see you and I think that that's what that empathy is that it just feels like it's missing right now that if we can really take a step back and say I see you and I'm here with you even though my experience is different and I want to be in this with you, I think that that's where we have to start, right? If we want to move the inclusive, I tried to say this last time we talked and I can never, the inclusivity, (laughs) did I say the inclusive? If we want to move inclusiveness, if we want to move, you know, race and diversity forward, we have to start somewhere and um, Shantae, you've, you've said it just so great is like that empathy is, is the starting place. And uh, you know, something else too that I have heard you guys talk about and, and say a lot um, is that even though your sisters 
that who you're married to right now ch- changes. Like it's, it's be- because of who you are married to, you have very different lives from each other, even though you're sisters. Is that something you could tell us more about right now? Yes. So, you know, we grew up two years apart. People thought we were twins our entire life. We had really similar experiences. We went along pretty much almost the same educational path. And where our lives diverged is that she married a black man and I married a white man. And the differences that we experience now have been pretty monumental. The fears that she has for her children and that I have for her children, I don't have for my own. And the concerns that she has for her husband, that she doesn't want him going to a gas station late at night, you know, and my husband, I don't ever think about those things. And I think it's important to acknowledge our privilege and it's uncomfortable sometimes, but if we don't acknowledge it and see it for what it is, we can't play an active role in utilizing what we have for good, if that makes sense. But it's really been seeing that difference that we've experienced that has really motivated me, I think, a lot. Um, I, I call it the cloak of whiteness that I don't... Mm. I don't have these fears driving in the car across country with my white husband and my light skinned children. And some of the stories that she can tell um, about just being with her family, I never will encounter. And that to me is, it's just tragic, honestly. Well, and it's interesting also like hearing Shantae say that is I've had a similar experience just being married to my husband where I can recognize that the things I can do are actually different than what he can do. And I feel like even in the beginning of our marriage, like this is hard for me to admit, (laughs) but I really did not understand what he was talking about in a lot of situations. And I feel like I was very set in my ways and my beliefs. And it took me seeing things and experiencing things for me to be like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And um, one of the situations that Shantae kind of mentioned was we were moving to a different state and we had our minivan loaded up with lots and lots of stuff because we were moving. (laughs) The moving truck had already um, been taken there and we were driving through a really small town and we were pulled over. And it was really surprising because we weren't breaking any laws. We weren't speeding. Our taillight wasn't out, but I guess we looked suspicious. Um, and I was really nervous. And you guys have to understand, this is not like, you know, things are all over TV, so I'm nervous. I just, being in the situation, it was a situation that felt like something wasn't right. I didn't understand why my husband was being taken from our car And I didn't understand what was needed because we didn't do anything wrong. And then he was taken and put in a canine unit and no one told me anything. And I was sitting in there with my little babies, just so worried and terrified. And I mean, I grew up working with a nonprofit organization that we worked with all police officers. And I went to conferences with police officers and many of our friends and family are police officers. So this wasn't something that like I had ingrained in my head, 
I just felt like this is not right. This type of thing has not happened to me before. No one's explaining anything to us. And I called Shantae and I was, I was scared. So do you my even mom remember? and I, I do, yeah. but we had to get on the phone and look up the county they were in and call the department and demand that they let him go. Or, I mean, we were wow. irate, but he was in the back of a cop car for no reason. And With I don't dog. know, <laughs> I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't have made those phone calls and, you know, been so quick to look things up, but suspicious for what, you know? For being black, driving through probably a white community. And later the officer, he did say that there had been a lot of drug deals in the area. And because our van was riding low to the ground, he wondered if we were transporting um, drugs. But the thing is, is like, we weren't, I don't know, we weren't doing anything wrong. And it's a hard situation too, because I'm like, do you want to look through all our belongings? But, and that's one of many situations that we've had and probably one of the most mild, um, being married to my husband who is known in our community as a religious leader, as an educated black man who's loved by many, he has a master's degree, but none of that matters because when we're out and about, he's black before you see anything else and he can easily be mistaken as maybe someone who's not doing the right thing or not in the right place at the right time. And that's terrifying for me. And that's, I remember listening to one of your stories a couple of weeks ago, and you said that, that this fear that you have, that if you say something or do something, how it's going, if it could affect you or your family or your husband or his job or how people view him. And I was watching your story and thinking to myself, I have never had to have any of these fears about my husband because my husband is white. And I, I just, I thank you so much for sharing these experiences with me, with everyone listening, because I, I can only imagine that it's not easy. And, and I just think, I thank you both for, for speaking, um, on your personal lives and something that I just heard you say, Alexis, that I thought was so powerful was that in that situation where your husband was taken back to this canine unit for not doing anything wrong is that you called your sister and your mom and they were the ones who had to call and demand his release. And as you were saying that, because sometimes I have this question of like, what can I do? What can we do? How can I support or, or, or help join for, for change? Um, and I, what you just said is, is, I think, a good question to answer for us, for, for all of my white audience listening, is am I a person that a black friend could call to, to help advocate or be an ally or call for justice for them if they needed me? Am I living my life and noticing the realities around me in such a way where I can be someone who can be given that trust? And you saying that about your sister was just so profound for me because I think 
that if all of us could act a little bit more, not a little bit more, a freaking heck of a lot more than um, as sisters do, then there would just be so much more support and empathy and unity and... um, that was just really powerful. So (laughs) thank you. I think that's my new question for myself is, can I, am I a safe person to be, to be able to, to be a recipient of that phone call? Well, and Ashley, I love that question because Shantae and I often talk about how our circle is very small and we have to code switch often there are things that we can't talk about in front of some of our really good friends because it makes them uncomfortable. And then it feels unsafe to us when it's like, well, maybe you misread that or maybe you misinterpreted that situation or are you sure? Or there's no way that could not have happened. And that's hard. And I mean, I feel like we can relate just as women about when we've gone through something really difficult or hard it's important that our support system can hear us and validate us. And I feel like sometimes when these hard situations are connected to race or racism, there's so much shock and horror or doubt and questioning that it just doesn't feel safe. And I know people mean well, like, Oh, I just know, I know it's not intentional, but sometimes it's hard to find you know, who are your people that you can share all of you with and all of these different parts and the things that my family has to experience. And even Shantae and I, we've done some things at our kids' school um, to really, really try to talk about diversity. And we're really passionate about learning from different perspectives when we learn history and learning from different voices. And even just, you know, friends and, and neighbors just even being surprised why we're doing that. Like, well, that doesn't exist here. You know, racism doesn't exist. Like, you guys are spending so much time and effort doing something that isn't really needed. And I truly believe that that's what people believe. But like what you mentioned, it's like to have those friendships and relationships where people may say, this might not affect my life but I will listen to you and your story and support you however I can. That right there, I think is why Shantae and I are talking about this in this crazy climate right now is that human connection. Because if we can connect, it's, it's just going to make our communities better, our family relationships better, our friendships. It's just going to make it better. <laughs> Amen. Amen. (laughs) Is there, I want to ask both of you, like the one, I feel like I'm on a news station right now or something. Can I have your one final thing that you want to tell the people? Um, But truly, and I'll give you a second to think about it. um, And as you're thinking about it, just really like the final thing that each of you want to express or say Um, but I just want you to know, like, I just love you both so much. And I'm so grateful for this time that you've taken to be here with me and everyone listening tonight and using your energy for this. And, um, I just, man, it's like my privilege right now to be able to be on a 
on a Zoom podcast interview with both of you. So I just thank you and the things that I have learned from you too. Just this these past several months, every time I every time I see you post anything, I'm like, okay, noted. Like that was amazing. Um, so thank you. And with that said, who wants to go first? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Alexis is quiet. Does that mean me? Yeah, that means you. Shantae's Shantae's up. (laughs) As you ask, I thought, oh my goodness, there's there's so much I could say. But let me try and sum up my thoughts here. Ultimately, we're about experience and perspective. And the things Alexis and I have experienced have obviously shifted our perspective. But there was a time in my life where I was very defeated when it came to race and diversity. And I experienced some really horrific things, um, some hate crimes, just some some crazy and awful things. And the last thing that I experienced actually caused me to have to move um, because I wasn't safe and people were threatening my life. But ultimately, what I took away from that experience is I can't find those men who are threatening my life. I can't. The FBI couldn't. They're, they're gone in the night, right? But I can share my experience and hopefully my perspective mm-hmm. of living in fear and wishing that I could change my skin color to be safe sometimes. Just just those things, I can share that. And hopefully there are people who are willing to listen and to hear and just to be there to support. And I think that that goes for me too. We all have to be willing to take in someone else's experience because we can't truly support them unless we're willing to feel with them and just to go there. And so ultimately, I would just say, let's seek each other. There are hearts our, our thoughts, our difficulties, let's seek to try and understand those things as opposed to judge our actions, but to understand the motivation behind people's actions. And then just embrace each other in those difficult times. Shante, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that one of the parts of that story that you just briefly shared, where you were unsafe because someone wanted to kill you because of the color of your skin. And we can say, you know, it was a crazy radical group or that's not everyone's beliefs. But the part of that story I think that really has impacted me is the people that maybe hadn't experienced what you experienced, but showed up. Will you share that part of it? Yeah, it's, it's actually, it gives me shivers every time I talk about it. But um, my church group, they literally had a sign up for people to come and sit outside my house 24 seven. And wow. there were men there to escort me to my car. Um, because the men who threatened to kill me for being the N word, they chased me down while I had my children in broad mm-hmm. daylight. And so my husband would leave for work in the morning and there were men sitting outside of our house. And when he got home from work, they were there as well. And it took us three months to be able to move. And those men from our church group 
did that for three months. If I had to go to the grocery store, they were there to open my car doors and put my kids in my car for me. And they heard my story and they never experienced anything like that. But we had a connection and we had a friendship and a love for each other. And they were willing to sacrifice anything, their time, their energy, their sleep to ensure my safety and my children's safety until we were able to move. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And wow, that's, I think too, I don't think I know that for me as a white woman, like that's what's required of, of us right now. That's, and always to be able to show up in that way. I think as we're talking about this of, well, how do I build a more inclusive world? How do I address race? How, like, how do I, how do I do this? I want it in my home and community. And and it's really like, well, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? Because that thing is what is required of all of us if we want everyone to feel safe and loved and okay um and that is such an amazing example that you just shared and i'm so horrified and sorry that that was your reality and thank you for sharing that of course well and i would say it's hard because ashley i could talk to you all night (laughs) But we can, I mean, I got time. <laughs> let's go. Let's go for it. Um, but I feel like for me, what I, what I want to share, and it, it might sound a little bit odd and weird, but I am not a victim. My family, we are not victims. We are like other families. We might have our differences and different cultures and family history and maybe different DNA, but we are here trying to thrive and contribute to this world. And I respect those in my community and I love, I actually had an opportunity to speak to a group of mayors and sheriffs and city council members from cities all over. And afterwards, there were people that came up and wanted to kind of continue some of the conversation. And one man in particular came up and he looked a little emotional and he said, thank you for speaking to us with so much love. Mm. And it really caught me off guard because I felt like there was a bit of an assumption that because I was black and talking to a group of city officials that I may not speak with love. And I told him, I said, you know what, like my situation might be a little bit unique because of where I grew up and how I grew up, but I love the community I live in. I love the people that I'm around. And I can truly see that it's just a different perspective and different lived experiences. But I have to believe in my heart that people want to learn and they want to try. And my challenge would be for anyone who is listening right now, is to be anxiously curious. Mm. Be curious to seek out different experiences and different perspectives. And even as you go back and dig into history, to learn from different perspectives. I mean, that's something Shantae and I have been doing for a while and continue to do is like 
I mean, Ashley, you and I can be in the same situation, maybe have different roles in that situation and walk away and share very different stories depending on our, our perspective and the role and who we were standing by and who we were around and who, how it made us feel. And that's just like history. There's different stories and voices that need to be heard. And it doesn't mean that we don't love our country (laughs) and that we don't love those who went before us, but there are more stories that we need to learn from and more perspectives. And and I think it means you do like, yeah, you do love your country. That's why you keep showing up for this work and sharing these perspectives and, and stories and, uh, that was so good. <laughs> you guys are just. Can I just say one more thing? Uh, based yeah, you off can of say what however Alexis many things you want. It's just that I think as she talked about history and how important history is, we have to know where we came from to know where we're going. And I think mm-hmm. it's problematic to keep separating American history from Black history because it's one in the same. Mm-hmm. And if we can see the contributions of enslaved people and that horrific time and how it has brought us where we are today, we have to look at our past to, you know, make a better future. We just have to. Well, and I'm just going to jump in and say more too. Sorry, Ashley. Ashley. (laughs) You guys, take it away. This is for you. This is all you. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because when we, I spent a lot of time in the South with my husband's family And I mean, I learned U.S. history and I thought I knew a thing or two, but being there was so different. And it wasn't just driving through the plantations and just almost feeling like the spirit of the land and the heaviness and the weight of it. It was talking to grandmas and grandpas and hearing their stories and their experiences. And I love family history and I love stories. Like my sister and I would always ask my grandma, tell us a story, grandma. <laughs> and we loved hearing about her life. And I feel like that's something that has really shifted things for me is marrying into a Southern black family and hearing some of the stories and the beauty of the culture and some of the strength that came from those experiences And it doesn't mean that there weren't difficult or hard things. And I mean, every family and every, oh, just family history. Like, you know, we have our good and our bad things, no matter who we are. But I feel like that just helped make it so real and so recent for me to know that it's like not even that many great, great, greats ago. There's not names, There's not names to my children's ancestors on their father's side. And same with Shantae and I. I mean, our ancestors were enslaved also. Like, there weren't even names. So how can we know their stories? And I feel like that just hit me so hard where it's like their lives weren't valued enough to even have a name or their death be recorded, you know? And so... I'm curious and I'm anxiously curious because I want to learn as much as I can and I want to hear those stories and I want to hear those perspectives. And I think that if we, like what Shante said, you know, that's our country, that's in our soil. Those are our roots. And every single person's family history is important and those stories need to be valued. 
I don't want to add anything else because there's nothing else I could possibly add to just how amazing and beautiful that was. Thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Because I want them to go. For you listening, I would love for you to go um, find Alexis and Shantae and they're going to tell you how to connect with them. But I would love for you to share with them just one thing that this uh, podcast, this interview with them has inspired you to go to now go and do. And so where can they come and find you to tell you? I'm like waiting for you to talk, Alexis. We're at at Let's Talk Sis on Instagram. That's really our main online platform. Um, So it's Let's Talk underscore Sis. And we would love to hear. We would love to hear from people. That's so inspiring. I'll leave their Instagram link below. You can go connect and, and just keep like soaking in all of the resources that they provide online. Thank you guys so much for being here tonight. I know that your schedules are insane right now. So I'm just so grateful and I love you. We love you, you, Ashley. Ashley, Thank you. you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I am podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley K. Lemieux so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this? The answer is, I am. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.